Welcome to the inaugural episode of Behind the Scrubs, an original podcast series produced by UT Arlington's College of Nursing and Health Innovation. I'm Aspen Drood, manager of Conhi's Center for Rural Health, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Jeff Taylor, who is Conhi's Associate Director in the Office of Enrollment and Student Services. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Aspen. How's it going today? I am fantastic. Super excited to be recording our podcast. Yeah, me too. I, uh, you know, full disclosure, can't say rural. Um, might be a problem for a whole podcast dedicated to rural health. You said it pretty well that time. I, you know what? I have been practicing in front of my mirror for a heard. literal week. Is that your daily affirmation? It, it is practicing rural? Really I am on my Stuart Smalley. I can't say rural. But I've got my coffee from Quick Trip and I am, I am good to go. What is that? Like a 32 ounce cup? I, That's a pretty I, big You know cup. what? I didn't count the ounces. <laughs> Um, it's a fake Yeti that I've got oh. here, but it's uh, it's it was a lot, um, a lot of uh, flavor, a lot of sugar. Actually, I hate coffee. Um, <laughs> I want it to taste like uh, hot chocolate. So why don't you just drink hot chocolate? Well, to quote the Beastie Boys, oh boy, noted philosophers and poets, I like my sugar with coffee and cream. So just the drop of coffee on your sugar, just a little bit, because coffee's secretly kind of trash. Okay, I'll buy you some sugar cubes, um, and then maybe we can start the podcast. I'm, I'm ready when you are. <laughs> we are called Behind the Scrubs because we are the College of Nursing and Health Innovation. So this season is called A Rural Health Blueprint. Aspen, can you tell us a little bit about what that means exactly? Yeah, I mean, first, I'm really happy for you that you said rural correctly there. That was good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Second, so we were talking about kind of throwing around the idea of what we wanted to name this season specifically. We had already come up with Behind the Scrubs. And so we were talking about what we wanted to name the first season. And the more that we talked about it, the more I kept coming back to this book that I had read a while back. And it was called A Glass House. And it's about this rural experience that somebody in healthcare had. And Basically, I kept coming back to this idea of a house. So the more we talked through it, the more we were like, well, you know, we could have this metaphor of this house and the students could be the foundation of the house and the faculty that we interview could be the insulation. And then the the political person that we decide to bring onto the podcast and speak would be the roofing. And then the CEO would really be like the framework of the house. Right. And so we as we kept coming back to this, that's how we got the idea for the name of it being you know, a rural health blueprint. Fascinating. With us today, um, Aspen, as you know, with us today is Daniel Casas. He graduated from UT Arlington this past May. It is now a licensed RN at Coriel Health. Coriel Health is in a rural community here in Texas. Daniel grew up in Lindale, Texas, and he's here to tell us about his experiences both as a student at UTA and as a nurse in a rural community. Daniel, welcome to Behind the Scrubs. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just to get started, Daniel, for us and for our listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. My name is Daniel Costas. I'm an RN with my BSN. Uh, I graduated nursing school uh, about seven months ago, and then I took my NCLEX as soon as I graduated. I just highly recommend that too, because I know so many students who don't do that and they fail. So like, I did my uh, NCLEX and I've been a nurse for six months and four days now, counting up those days to where I get to a year, so I can say I've been a nurse for a year. But yeah, I've been a Texas native all my life. I've always wanted to be in the medical field. My mom was a nurse and my stepdad was an x-ray tech, and so that always kind of like inspired me to be in the nursing field. 
I work at uh, Coriel Health in Gatesville, which is a population about 17,000 people. And it, Gatesville is a, a small town, but like half of that population is by prisoners because there's so many prisons. There's about like eight or nine prisons there. And so it's a really small community. It's next to Fort Hood also, which you have a lot of people in the military that live there. And so you have a, a really big variety of people and it really impacts the, the hospital setting too. Um, and you see just different things there. It's like a new adventure every day when patients come in because you don't know exactly where they're from. And it just creates a really good opportunity to see different things and new things. How did you find yourself in Gatesville? I moved here in 2009 to live closer with my dad. When I came here, I kind of just fell in love with the environment. I would end up going to school at Baylor, just like 30 minutes away. And so... I originally went to Baylor thinking, oh, I want to go to medical school and be a doctor. And I ended up, you know, graduating in 2015, but undergrad really kind of wore me out. And then I just realized just the time, the the money that it took to become a doctor. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse instead. And then uh, during that time, I also got to uh, shadow a lot of doctors. I got to really see how the urban setting of uh, healthcare was. I really got to go to a lot of medical mission trips. I went to India twice, went to Africa, uh, Haiti, Mexico, um, and really got to see a good side of compassion care, of healthcare that really I fell in love with. And, you know, we saw a lot of poverty in those countries, and I kind of really fell in love with how I can use healthcare to help patients and succeed in, in not just physical health, but emotional health too. And so that kind of inspired me, one of the reasons that inspired me to become a nurse. So would you say that those experiences have helped you in rural healthcare? Definitely. And, and that's what's awesome about all this is I never realized that I connected so well with rural health because going into nursing school, I was always like, okay, I want to see all the blood and guts and action. You know, I was just from the ER. I worked in the ER as a scribe for a year at, in Waco and I got to see all cool stuff. And so when I went to nursing school, I was like, okay, I want to see, you know, all cool things, you know, like people's intestines falling out. And so it kind of, that kind of stuff I could handle. But in nursing school, you know, everything's new, everything's challenging. And I like the familiarity of healthcare. You're seeing patients that I've seen before, seeing things that I remembered. And I kind of grew away out of that mindset and into like a type of mindset to where you see in rural health, where there's like a familiar part to people it's a small community, so you see patients similarly, and everybody knows each other. And so when you start seeing all those patients, there's a familiarity that's comfortable. And so it kind of grew away from that blood and guts mindset to where like, okay, I'm, I'm happy and safe with uh, what I see regularly on a daily basis. So for our viewers who aren't super familiar with kind of the differences between urban and rural health settings... Since you've worked in both urban and rural communities, both hospitals and clinics, can you kind of walk us through the the main differences that you as a as a student who did clinicals and also as, you know, a current RN that's working in a rural community, just some of the differences? Yeah, so a rural area, I'll start with that first, is like, uh, so there's five levels of, of hospitals. There's, you know, they just say level one, two, three, four, five. And Gatesville, Coriel Health is a level four trauma center. And those Rural hospital settings usually we evaluate patients, stabilize them, diagnose them, and there, there's a comprehensive care there too, but it's not really specific on certain things. And so, like a patient will come in if they're like flatlining, you know, we'll bring them back, but we can't like for a special or specific advanced care, we'll take them to like a level one or level two trauma center. So Gatesville, you know, it has or Coriel Health has 
certain comprehensive cares, like they have wound care, uh, we have ICU, we have med surge ER departments, but a rural care usually just kind of stabilizes, diagnoses, and evaluates patients. And so rural health is really connected to the community. And what I've seen that in being in rural setting is that there's smaller community of people. So that way you, when you talk to those patients or you see them, you're able to make an impact on them. And, and rural health is, a, you don't really get a good taste of it unless you live inside the same city. And so I, I live in Gatesville. And, you know, there's some people that live for far away and they transfer. And I feel like they don't get a really good taste of it because when you see those patients, you know, they go out to the same community that you live in. And so when you make a, a impact or difference on their health, you know, you're kind of making an impact to the community that you live in too, because you're going to see these patients in the stores that you go to, your the gyms, your churches that you go into, and they're going to talk about you and they're going to say all these hopefully good things about you and you're going to make a difference in their life. I remember, for example, I remember seeing a patient that well, he was in critical condition and, you know, I took care of him all the, the hours I spent charting, you know, treating, giving medicine, all this. I feel really rewarded when I saw him outside of work um, in the store at HEB walking. He came up to me, patted me on the back and was so happy and thrilled. And I just remember just feeling rewarded because what I did there, all the, the care I took, you know, the time I took to make him feel better, I could see it right there. And so you, I feel like that's a, a big difference you see in rural and urban is you see the outcome of your skills and the community that you go out to because you're kind of serving the community when you're working as a nurse because you live there um, and you make it a difference in that in that community. And I kind of think of it as like a kind of like an artist, you know, when they're drawing it or painting a picture. If you were to paint it, outline it, you know, come up with the idea to draw that picture, but then you were never to see what that what the results was, we wouldn't feel as great. But when you see that picture, you know, you see the input, the, the work you put into that, you know, it, it makes you feel so rewarded and accomplished and successful. And so I remember feeling that when I saw that, that patient patting me on the back and walking in the store, it felt really rewarding. I've been told that, you know, a nurse in a rural area is more of a, like a nurse in the town. And then in an urban area, it's more of a nurse in a hospital because, you know, in an urban area, you're seeing patients from all different types of the state, you know, different cities, and you're kind of seeing new things about those patients. Um, and rural saying is kind of like a, there's a familiarity that's, that's a difference. So let's talk a little bit about how school was for you. So you graduated from UTA this past May, and mm-hmm. you started back in 2019, correct? Yeah, my prerequisites were in 2019. Awesome. Nursing school actually started, it was January 2020 when nursing school started. Okay. So 2020, so you literally started mid-pandemic. So you were a COVID nursing student. So how was that for you? Can you tell us a little bit about that and your experience with that? Yeah, yeah. COVID made it a little bit difficult with the whole taking care of the patient, uh, the vaccine. There's a lot of online that we did and the whole whole, um, programs accelerate online. So that was expected. But uh, when it came to like clinicals, because you can't just, you know, learn everything online, you have to be in there and be with the patient too. And so it made it difficult there. We couldn't see a lot of COVID patients and at the time, you know, everybody was sick. All the patients were getting COVID. And so when they got tested positive for COVID, we're like, okay, we can't see that patient. So it made us have to work around things a little bit. We had to, you know, use mannequins in some areas, but I guess those were in trouble because they always had something to help out. But the main problem was the vaccine because... Us nursing students, you know, so many of us 
didn't want to get the vaccine, you know, and there was a huge political thing about what's in the vaccine. And, and so, uh, I kind of felt pushed to get it from my work because I was a CNA for a while too. And from school, because, you know, we wanted to make sure that we protected the patients and our families too. And so I kind of struggled with the decision. I ended up getting the vaccine, which I, which I'm glad I did because it helped me out with my family and um, and everything, but it kind of divided a lot of the nursing students because some of the nursing students couldn't go in clinical as some of them had to go online and do stuff. And so, it, yeah, it was kind of difficult, but I managed through it. I have two follow-ups and we can take this path either way you want to go. And if one of them you don't <laughs> want to go down, we can just put a little bow on it and set it aside. <laughs> but I just, your your response raises a couple of questions. I'm curious if you, if you'd like to share what was the hesitancy um, I don't want this to be all about vaccines, but I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the fact that the community yeah, no, itself though, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the way the community itself maybe you know, in the role, maybe that healthcare systems reflect their communities. And so I'm just wondering, I, I kind of looked up a little research on Coriel and I saw that they historically there's been over 20,000 COVID cases and 200 plus deaths in that County. And so I just didn't know, is it more of like a Again, you can just say, I don't want to talk about it, and that's cool. Well, well I'll, I'll ask my other question. But uh, if, if there was what the hesitancy was, if that was reflected in the community you were serving as well, I, I just that, that I just found that interesting. The hesitancy, hesitancy was I didn't know what was in the vaccine, you know, and it, I felt like there hadn't been a whole lot of tests going on. You know, is this a, a drug that's going to affect me later on in the future? But what really made me get it was having my wife is uh, her health is immunocompromised. You know, vaccines have always been to help save lives and prevent further sicknesses. And so that was the main reason why I got it. So that way, I, if I did ever get it, I wouldn't, you know, let it get to my wife so she wouldn't get sick and hopefully not, you know. So I got it for that. So in a rural community, so I work with, my role is working with academic advising primarily with online students. And one thing, when I, I talk to several students, a lot of what tends to come up, Daniel, is that folks in, uh, students in rural communities sometimes have issues accessing um, adequate internet for online classes, whether it's a stream lectures or videos, or I had a student who had an issue um, with a pop culture class and she needed to have Netflix and Netflix was not going to work in her area. And, it, and little things like that. Access to high-speed internet is a, is a hot-button issue in rural communities. Is that something that you think was beneficial for you being online? Was there any aspect of being in a rural community that, that, that did not work out well for you, or did that go okay? Yeah, it went okay. I feel like I had access to all the information I needed. Do you see that as an impediment for others in rural communities pursuing further education? Yeah, I, I can see how it would be a problem because in the rural area, there's more, you know, not much going on, you know, they're open spaces. And for me, I was actually really, really lucky because our public library had, um, I was going there for the longest time to do homework. And so that I could see why it'd be a problem for rural areas because you have to go to a certain spot to get access to internet. So that, that's actually, was me. that was me. That's what I was doing for a while. And then the people in the library noticed I came there a lot. And so they ended up giving me a hotspot that I could use for a month. And they let me do it unlimited for a limited, I just had to come every month and check it out. And so like, I guess not many people have that, but I, I was really lucky because they saw me in coming there all the time. I even took my tests there because we're at my, at my other house where I was living at the time, I had terrible internet. So that's why I'd go to the library. And so yeah, it really, I was really lucky for me to have a hotspot 
um, and use that. But I can tell, I can see for so many students in rural areas having difficulty with that um, high speed internet. Because, you know, you're taking tests. I even heard stories of students taking tests and then like their internet closing down and they had to go back in the test and it took off so much time for them to take the test. And some of them, you know, failed because of that. And I could just imagine, luckily I didn't have that problem, but I've heard so many stories of that happening. And so, yeah, that, that is a problem. You know, it is something that a lot of students struggled with in nursing school, but like, luckily I, I didn't get that chance to struggle though. I love to hear the opposite of struggle stories. Like it was stories sure. where like positive things happen to students because, you know, I spent eight years in college and like, there are times where you're like, this is awful just because of the extra stuff that you have to go through. So I'm really happy to hear that you didn't have to go through that, right? Like the opposite side of the struggle. I do want to chime in and say that legislature recently passed a new bill that is actually going to increase broadband in rural communities within the state of Texas over the next five years. And I know that five years sounds like a lot, but it really isn't that much time considering how long a lot of these rural communities have gone without broadband internet. So super excited for that and mm -hmm. super hopeful that that helps future nursing students that are, you know, in some of these AO advanced online programs. So thank you for that. My family was on AOL well into the 21st century. Hey, I was on AOL well into the 21st century too. No shots. Just, <laughs> just, just the commentary. So I heard recently at a conference that I was at, actually, that some of these new graduate students are not staying by the bedside. And it was some ridiculous statistic, honestly. It was like 33% of first-year graduates end up leaving the bedside. And then that increases to 56% in the second year. So... Can you talk to us a little bit about maybe your experience with seeing some people realizing that nursing was not what they initially thought? And then, you know, if you've ever thought about leaving the profession, I know you've been in it for six months now. So, four days. And six four days. And four days. And four days. But I'm just kind of curious as to if that's ever crossed your mind or if you've seen it. Yeah, that's a great question. I think like every nursing student should ask themselves that question every day. And, and I think nursing school really prepared us for that, especially me, because at the end of the program, we do a capstone where we work alongside with the preceptor and they kind of prepare us for everything. And I remember I did my capstone in the same spot in Coriel Health. So that helped prepare me a lot for the charting systems because so many like they teach you what to do with the patient. They teach you the health, the, the procedures, the skills. But a lot of the system, the charting systems, the way the computers work, you know, if a patient asks for a medication, you know, you got to know their allergies. You got to know when's the last time they took certain medication, what's their condition, um, you know, what's their heart rate, blood pressure. You have to learn so many things and you got to know like how to put that into the charting system. So that could be overwhelming. So many things, but I think it's that nursing schools have usually capstones after they graduate to help prepare the nursing student for those charting systems. And I, I was fortunate to work in the same environment that I did my capstone in. And so working there, working now as a nurse, uh, I never really had that thought of quitting. What really leads me on is just my passion for healthcare. I love taking care of people. I love medicine. I love compassion and care and establishing relationships with the patients. And that really drives me forward. You know, I make an impact on these patients that are in the same community as me. And so, you know, I see them, you know, when I go to the store or when, I, when I'm driving, you know, 
I see some patients that live next to me. And so, you know, I want to make a difference. You know, if they see me on the streets, you know, honking my horn in anger, you know, they're going to see me in the hospital, think I'm a bad nurse. And so I want to make sure I live my life outside of work as a good person so that they see me and know that. And so, but I can see why uh, a lot of nurses, you know, get, when they come out of nursing school, they get overwhelmed with just a new environment, new patients, uh, working staff. But I've never really had that thought of quitting at all, or, or not quitting, but like, you know, it's another profession because it really, it, it's, I feel like I was, you know, made for this. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think passion helps drive a lot of nurses and a lot of nurses, I think, drop out just directly out of nursing school once they realize that, okay, it is good money, but there's a lot that comes with nursing, right? It is a stressful job, especially during COVID and a lot of the things that they've had to experience, you know, during that time. And then post COVID too, right? Like you guys are still dealing with certain aspects of COVID and there's a lot of rules and regulations and changes that have happened in hospitals, right? Due to COVID which luckily you got to kind of experience during some of your clinicals, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So do you think you'll leave the profession once you achieve the ultimate goal of seeing someone's intestines? <laughs> that was a big, I mean, I just make sure y'all you're hitting your dreams <laughs> and goals here, you know, like, or have you done that already and seen people in the community like, oh yeah, I've seen their intestines. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've uh, shadowed some of the surgeons and so I saw... You know, I've seen some of that stuff. And the only thing that really gets to me that I kind of gets my stomach drop is like a broken bell. You know, I don't, I don't know if when you see those videos when athletes are like football running and they get like, they fall and get tackled, their leg just goes 180. You know, those are kind of what makes my stomach drop. That might do it, but no, so far, you know, blood, intestines, that usually get to me. It's not great. Yeah. yeah. I could not be a nurse. I applaud you. <laughs> I, I, my stomach's too queasy for those things. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking about it. So... Kind of talking about, you know, your nursing experiences in Coriel and how you've grown into that. What part of UTA's program do you think best kind of fitted you for success in your current role? I think um, the foundations really helped out. They so In nursing school, there's so many new things you learn and they can't physically teach you everything, but they do a good job. UTA did a great job of teaching us the foundations, the basic work. Like when a new situation comes, how to think like a nurse, how to process everything. Um, they did a good job at teaching us at those things because every day is a challenge sometimes and you learn a new thing. Um, and so you have to think like a nurse. And I fall back to that, my, my lessons and my classes that I took. And I remember, you know, how to how to think and how to evaluate and make the make the nursing judgment that I, that I can do. And so I feel like uh, UTA really did a good job at that. And, you know, as a nursing student, some students catch on really quick some you know catch on really slow for me I, I caught on quick on some things but there were some things I caught on slow too like IV skills I was telling my nursing buddies this that I was probably the worst nursing student to come out with IV skills so we kept a record on how many um IVs we started and I was 0 for 6 I didn't even get one single IV in my nursing school you know everyone else at least got one so I came out, I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm the worst nurse ever. I'm not going to ever get my IV skills. But that's what's cool about rural health or the rural setting I was in is because they cross-train you. My main department is med surge, but I was able to go work in the ER for a couple of months and work on my IV skills. And I got so much better. I just, I did three IVs yesterday in med surge and I got all my IVs now. And so that's what's cool about a rural setting is it you can transfer to different departments and you can cross train 
in different areas and work on your skills. And so UTA did, yeah, did a good job at giving us that basic groundwork for those skills. Do you have any faculty members you'd like to give a particular shout out to for teaching you certain things? Yeah. Um, Melissa Stevens was my preceptor. She helped train me. She helped me do better at my IV skills. Our charge nurse, Lorita, we have, we have a lot of chargers, but Lorita, Christina, they're so patient with me because there's times where I'm learning the new charging system. I make a little mistake, you know, and they, they're so patient and understanding. So, uh, but there's, there's several people like I can make a shout out to, but those three specifically, you know, made me a better nurse by just being patient and understanding and teaching me, you know, cause I know it's, it's a lot, you know, they have to like go out of their own way, you know, to teach me and help me. So I, I think that the staff at Core Health have been very, very helpful and trained me, helped me become the nurse that I am right now. Bless our preceptors. Quick shout out to all of our preceptors that help with our nursing students because I, I have three student workers that work for me and um, one is a nursing student. She's an FNP student, a family nurse practitioner, and she just raves about the preceptors and the experiences she's had. So I'm just thankful for our preceptors and thankful that they go out of their way to like you said, be patient with you guys and really help walk you through things. I think that's so important to creating an empathetic nurse and somebody who is really mm-hmm. genuinely caring. For sure. And so looking at it, Daniel, it sounds like a lot of the, the nursing profession, you've had a lot of folks pour into you. They've really invested in you and taught you. They may have given you high fives when that first IV went in successfully. Yeah. You know, you get maybe did a victory dance. What I want to know is what, and, and again, you're, you're, relatively short time as a nurse, not quite to that year yet. What are some ways that you see yourself in the future investing in the next group of nurses coming up? Like what can you, what, how do you see yourself contributing to the the growing body of knowledge and, and professionalism in, in the nursing industry? That's a good question. Because yeah, we, when a ner- new nurse comes on, you know, you want to make sure they don't feel overwhelmed. Um, I, w- I would like the same care that was brought on to me be on to them too. And I would uh, really help, you know, tell them, hey, you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes, but learn from them. You know, don't go into self-pity mode, you know, learn from those and get better from your mistakes. You become better learning from them. And so I'll just tell them, you know, always be aware and alert of what you're doing because sometimes you're handling medications, you know, and it, medication that could kill somebody, you know, so it's very serious and always be aware and alert of what you're doing. Don't be afraid to ask questions because sometimes we feel like we're annoying, you know, when we ask questions and I would, I would tell them it's okay, you know, keep asking those questions because you're learning and you're eventually going to develop a pattern or this type of system to where you're comfortable with. Um, you don't want to be doing the wrong thing. So you need to ask those questions and be doing professional judgments and, and be patient too. I would tell them be patient. Make sure you get rest the night before too because you don't want to come to work super tired. There's nights where I would come, I'm in my clinicals, and I, I would stay up all night. Because I worked I work night shift as a CNA throughout nursing school. And one night I worked all night, and I came on a clinical, and I was so tired. And so I remember it was pretty tough, that whole clinical. And I would just tell you, know, make sure you get the right sleep before, so that way you're able to make those decisions. So that leads me to two questions, um, but I'll start, I'll start with one. The first is... Obviously, there is a nursing shortage, right? That's worldwide. It's not shocking to anyone. It's very unfortunate. And I think that COVID really exacerbated that because of all of the older nurses that are, you know, leaving the profession. 
how has that affected your rural hospitals specifically? Because it has affected urban, but not quite as badly as rural areas. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the nursing shortage is pretty tricky. And I can relate to a lot of uh, nurses that feel overwhelmed and there's stress in nursing where they just get so tired um, because they're just doing so much work. But I would say that the nursing shortage here in rural health is like there's a lack of like CNAs, like some some CNAs that do the basic care because, you know, a nurse comes in and, you know, treats the patient with with their wounds, with their medicines. But sometimes, you know, the nurse needs something to drink or needs something to eat. And the nurse will, you know, have to get them food sometimes, get them small things. And that can, it can get up to a lot for a nurse. I was just talking to a nurse yesterday saying, I feel more like a waitress than uh, an actual nurse. And so there's, there's just small things that, that you have to take care of and they get they get over time it gets uh it builds up and you know some people can handle those small things and some people it, get, it gets to them because there's so many other things not just nurses there's kitchen staff there's lab techs coming in when there was a, a, a shortage when someone's not there it really plays into effect everything you know when the kitchen staff's not there that means there's shortage of food and so like we have to go get place sometimes we're gonna get silverware um and so that can just build up for a nurse and just create a, a overwhelming environment. So I'm fairly new to healthcare. I've been in healthcare for a little over a year now. And I mean, I love it. It's such a unique field, I feel like. And getting to talk to people like you every day is really exciting for me because it's, it is so new. But something that I've heard since day one of me walking into the healthcare profession is the word burnout. And so every conference that I go to and every time that I talk to, you know, a nurse, an RN, an APRN, somebody that's in the health field, I hear that word, and um, I'm at, we're actually doing a research study with the center that specifically focuses on burnout and hospital closures in rural areas uh, with Dr. Jessica Smith that is faculty here at UTA. And so I'd be happy to share the results with you on that, but it's very interesting to hear about burnout and how important it is just to recognize the signs of burnout for you as a nurse and for you know CNOs or charge nurses that are leading teams of nurses as well. So my second question is just talking about, do you have an interest in going back to school and possibly becoming an advanced practice registered nurse? I do. Yeah, I do have that in mind. I feel like now I, I have to get the experience. Um, I feel like Core Health has given me that experience um, working at different departments. If you were to ask me when, it's a good question because I feel like there's so many new things that happen, you know, and uh, I don't know if two years, three years or five years will be enough of experience, but I definitely want the clinical experience so that way I can, you know, be a provider or go into nursing school and have more of a, a knowledge and understanding of what's going on. But yeah, I, I do I do plan on going to get my nurse practitioner uh, license someday. Are, are you thinking about family-focused, um, adult-focused, pediatric? I liked all the clinicals that we did. Um, I really loved labor and delivery. That was one of my favorite clinicals. But um I think as I go throughout my nursing experience now, I think one of those departments might click and I might go into it. But I really like I like family. I like I like them all. Honestly, I wish I could do all of them, but uh, yeah, get one MSN and then stack some certificates on top of it. We'd be happy to have you, sir. Speaking of certificates, um, we are actually coming up and creating a certificate for rural health and nursing for upcoming nursing students. Also, Daniel, if you wanted to come back and get that you would be able to, even though you already work in a rural community. But 
It would be four classes and really focused on rural health because I feel like not enough people, unfortunately, not enough people know what the differences are really in in rural versus urban communities and the lack of resources that rural communities have that we're trying to increase at the moment. So it's confession time, Daniel. This whole episode, all this is to recruit you specifically. (laughs) So I hope that's okay. We would love to have you. Yeah, I would be very interested in that program. That'd be great. Um, I think it's really interesting that you're interested in labor and delivery because males very often do not go into that field. And I've even heard some of our preceptors say that they have problems placing male students for clinicals in OB. And I am hopeful for you that that's the field that you go into because Lord knows we need some women's health improvements. That would definitely make sense. And for you or anyone else listening, if you have any interest in any program, you're welcome to send an email to infoconhi at uta.edu. That's I-N-F-O-C-O-N-H-I at uta.edu. So, Daniel, I have a, that's maybe my final question. I'm not really sure. I, I, these keep coming in my head here as I think things through. I want to give you a magic wand, sir. It can be one like Harry Potter. It could be like Gandalf's staff. It could be whatever you want it to be, really. You can fix anything involving the health field in a rural setting. What would you like to fix? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. I would say resources. You know, there's so many teachings we have as nurses. We have to constantly, you know, be up to date on, you know, certain procedures that come in. And so there's different ways, like IVs, for, for example, like different ways that urban hospitals like in Waco, they do like when you stick the needle in to the vein, there's a certain way, like a tool that it ejects blood into something where it's easier. Rural health, there's certain IV tools that we have. It's not that fancy, not that advanced. I would say, I wish we had more like tools like that, that advanced to help us with certain skills, like IV skills, like ultrasound machines, those things. I would say that if I could use that magic wand, I would just hopefully that our rural health center, you know, would develop those tools that we have for those nursing skills. So I'm super glad that you asked that question and that he chose that answer because we actually are in the middle of a build of a mobile simulation unit. Um, And that simulation unit's going to include mannequins and it'll be able to come out to the rural communities. It's a 40 foot RV and it's going to be able to come to the rural communities and train you guys and give you the simulation resources that you don't have. We noticed that as a need. Um, and so that's coming in January of 2024. So we're so excited about that. Are you driving this RV? Ask. I am not. You don't want to see me drive a 40 foot vehicle. Yeah, I kind of do now. You said that. Well, I did. I I moved here from Virginia. I drove 22 hours in a 22 foot moving van, and I'll never do it again. That's a that's a <laughs> foot per hundred miles. Yeah, it it was not a good time. So I would say, Daniel, to piggyback off your answer to the magic wand question, the, 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 the fact that you didn't have an answer immediately is indicative of the good work y'all are doing it's with what resources you have. The fact that you had to really sit and be thoughtful about it says a lot about you, a lot about the work y'all are doing that folks in, in communities like yours are doing. It's a lot of work that's hidden and not noticed amongst the, the broader society. So I think that is as admirable work and is is indicative of the quality that y'all are putting forth. I second that as well. You know, I've been working in this Center for Rural Health and Nursing for a little over a year now, and the issues that we see that you guys experience in rural communities that urban areas don't is kind of baffling. 
And I think that it's not talked about enough. And so I'm so happy and thrilled that rural health is now becoming this this hot topic and something that's finally being talked about and trying to be addressed. There's so many grants. There are so many um, opportunities for research that are focused on rural now. And, you know, Daniel, you're a part of that. You're a big part of helping the rural communities and getting them to where they want to be. So thank you so much for joining us on our first episode of this podcast. We're so excited. And just thank you for being a nurse. Thanks for being in the rural communities, because I feel like you guys don't get thanked enough. Thank you. That really means a lot. So Aspen, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Daniel's great, right? I think that he has a lot of really good points that were intriguing to me that I had not thought about previously. Of course, I didn't go to nursing school, but I did graduate in August of 2020 with my master's degree. So I did feel some of the issues that came along with COVID, but again, not from nursing school. So um, I definitely think that he probably experienced a lot of things that were more difficult for him to overcome, like the vaccines. I thought the vaccines were really interesting. I didn't know that it kind of divided these cohorts up. And I definitely didn't know that they couldn't perform their clinicals without the vaccine. And so that does make it difficult. So while it is a super controversial topic and we're not going to go into it, I did think that that was really intriguing and kind of made me think a little bit more about it. How about you? What did you learn today? It's definitely food for thought. Even think of the idea of COVID itself and those right now suffering with what they call long COVID. I feel like as time goes on with nursing burnout, with the lack of available resources and education and, and folks just kind of getting just getting tired, I feel like there is a societal, a systemic long COVID that we're going to be seeing over time. As folks come out of this or go through this or continue to endure it, there's going to be a lot of unforeseen consequences. And I feel like seeing someone like Daniel coming in as a, as a new nurse into the community to serve the community, to provide that value to his local small town, I think it's really tremendous. And it shows that the passion is still there for those that want to do it and the resources and the opportunity are still there and that we need to do what we can to be supportive of them moving forward. So I think that's really something that really struck with me. Yeah, I love that as well. I think that support is a big word that we really need to focus on here. And, you know, Coryell itself is actually a, technically a metro area, but Gatesville specifically is rural. About 20% of the entire county of Coryell is rural, which not shockingly is often in Texas. I mean, you find a lot of counties that maybe aren't rural because they host a very large city, but then they have so many small areas that, you know, the population is lower in. So it's definitely interesting, but that brings us to, you know, our next guest on our next episode is going to be a faculty staff member here at UTA that uh, does research in rural communities. She focuses in maternal health. I think it'll be really exciting to kind of move from the student who had the, the clinicals and, and went through the nursing program to now a faculty member who teaches those types of programs. So I think it'll be really exciting to chat next time about that. Definitely a lot of stakeholders and a lot that goes into this. Sure. Absolutely. Thanks to everyone for listening to the inaugural episode of Behind the Scrubs. Join us each month this semester as we continue our conversation with key voices in the nursing community, discussing their areas of clinical care and sharing personal experiences as professionals in that specialty, achieving better health, research in basic and applied health science, career journeys, and other issues that directly impact the nursing profession. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
To keep up with UT Arlington's College of Nursing and Health Innovation and its various programs, please visit us online or connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at UTA Con High. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, y'all.